This is a crowd podcast. Welcome to the Fertility Podcast, where we aim to educate and empower you on your fertility journey, whatever stage you're at. I'm Natalie Silverman, a broadcaster and fertility coach, and I had my son after successful fertility treatment. And I'm Kate Davis, an independent fertility nurse consultant. We'll be your trusted guides, chatting each week with experts and people just like you to let you know you're not alone. Let's dive in. So Kate, good week. You've been busy. I'm loving what you've been. I love, I get these little notes from Kate going and have a look at this and have a look at this. And I'm just about to share this because you've had an exciting kind of launch of, yes. of stuff happen this week, haven't you? Yes, I have. So back end of last year, I was involved in some recording with the Positive Birth Company who have brought out their trying to conceive pack. And what I love about the Positive Birth Company is that their resources are so accessible. They're really well priced. So they're available for everybody. And there's so much information. They've got a whole host of experts um, in the Trying to Conceive pack. And I'm hosting one of the um, one of the modules, if you like, in in the pack about fertility health. And I've been I've just loved working with them. It's great. They launched on Monday. Head over to Positive Birth Company on Instagram and you can grab your Trying to Conceive pack. And I remember when you went, because it was still during lockdown, you were like, I'm going to an office to do some work. It was very exciting. I know, exciting, I know. I, th- well, I, think it was the, I think it was when you were you were allowed to travel and you yeah. were allowed to, and then the following day, I think everything closed down a lot more. So it was, yeah, quite a big thing. Anyway, what about you? What have you been up to this week? Well, one of the things that um, I'd shared was an article that I'd written uh, for the Progress Educational Trust. And um, there's a link in my bio on my Instagram and and I've done a blog post about it as well, which was writing about the SAFE campaign, which you and I are both mm. ambassadors for. And it's just um, a conversation that we're really keen to kind of share with you. And it's about this whole awareness piece of the fact that when you're self-funding treatments, you may well know about multi-cycle programs that you can get from like independent third-party organizations to, to pay for it. You might have you might have spoken to one of them yourselves. And what we've recently heard is that um, one of the big fertility groups is now offering it in-house. And we just wanted to raise awareness of the issues around these kind of decisions, this combination of a medical and a financial decision being in-house rather than independently. Mm. And the SAFE campaign is something that, again, there's details on our socials that you can go and find yeah. out more. Um, but it's something that I know we were both both quite keen to just make sure people are thinking about, aren't we? We are, absolutely. And I think I think it's a it's a good campaign. I think it needs to be discussed in more detail. I'm pretty proud to be involved as an ambassador with it. And I'm hoping it's going to gain quite a lot of momentum over the next few weeks. Yeah. And we'll keep you we'll keep you updated on the stuff we hear. It's all linked in as well with the CMA review, which I don't know if you're aware of, but that's all looking at how you as the patient are kind of treated in the experience you have. And ultimately, yeah. you know, that's the point of this podcast is to really signpost you to what can support you. And one of the huge things, and we're talking at the moment on the podcast all about the preconception care. We want you ideally to not have to walk through the doors of a fertility treatment, which is why we're talking about all this stuff. But the inevitable might be that you do. And so we want to make sure that at that point in time, you're very aware of what might be ahead. So that's why we want you to subscribe and rate and review the podcast, because we love to know what you think. And you can do that on your favorite podcast app. And um, we'll remind you again at the end of the episode. But let's get on with the show. Now, in this episode of the Fertility Podcast, we want to talk about what else 
can help you get pregnant. We've talked a bit about understanding your cycle and we've talked about things to think about that you're eating, but we want to go into more detail of how you can chart your cycle. And you're going to be hearing a conversation with a lovely lady called Laura Robson about an app that she's been involved with. But also there's some other things. And I had a chat uh, quite a while back now with the founders of Mosey Baby, which is a syringe that you can use to help you get pregnant at home. Hey, have you had anybody ask you any questions about using syringes? I do. Um, and uh, not very often, but I suppose I tend to get asked that more from same-sex couples that are perhaps considering using it. Um, and in that situation, I think it can be really useful. I'm a little bit more unsure of the benefits in a heterosexual couple, however, because the very force of ejaculation means that it forces sperm into the uterus. So I'm always a little bit unsure. However, clearly, if somebody's got an erectile dysfunction disorder and you know needs some help, then that's where the syringe can completely come into its own. Well, here's a little snippet of a chat I had with Maureen, who's one half of the husband and wife uh, couple who created Mosey Baby. Have a little listen. So my husband and I, we got married, we had fun, and then we were ready to have a baby, right? And we started our journey and we thought, oh, sure, we'll be pregnant real fast. And like many couples, no, that wasn't the case. It took us about two and a half years. We went through, you know, all the tests, all, we started taking all the vitamins, did all the diets, I eliminated coffee, we did all the stuff, but the baby wasn't coming. And yet we still knew we wanted a family. And eventually we found ourselves in a fertility specialist office. But along the way, some people kept mentioning like, why don't you just try a syringe or try a turkey beaster? And it seemed interesting. And the idea of it seemed neat that we could do something at home. So we thought, okay, we'll give it a shot. And we did, but we didn't find anything on the market that really was made for this purpose. And as a woman, it felt kind of awkward and odd. And and a lot of the products that are being appropriated for this purpose just waste a lot of your special sample that you're working with because it's a very tiny sample that you don't want to waste a single drop of. And so we tried that in between our fertility specialist visit and eventually when we had an IUI and we were lucky we got pregnant where one of the there is hope some people do get pregnant on your first IUI and we did and then a few weeks later my husband came home from a run and said why doesn't this exist why isn't there something out there that people can use at home and he said I think we should make it and I said yeah we should and so I drew something up that I said this is what as a woman I think I would prefer to use and would like to use. And then we uh, consulted with a medical design device engineer and our fertility specialist kind of confirmed what we were doing and said, yeah, that, you know, just make it a little, little bit shorter and you're right there. And so we, um, we moved forward with that and Mosey baby was formed. And now we have this amazing opportunity to help people find an alternative at home to making a baby. I mean, what kind of people are getting in touch with you to to get the product? Well, I think the thing that's been really rewarding about this journey for us is that we've been um, invited into so many other people's journey, right? They're, They're on their own pregnancy journey and they walk in so many different paths. Now, there's the first thing that people think of are, you know, our gay and lesbian friends who just naturally need an alternative to conceiving. Um, But beyond that, we've had single mothers by choice. We've had couples who have struggled 
on their own and have even sought fertility help through IUIs and IVF. And we've had people who are just tired of trying and need a break and want to ditch, you know, all the stress and, and the the worries that come along with performing on command, you know, sometimes that can be its own obstacle. And um, we're giving people choices. So for some couples, it's it's a different choice than others. We've even had a couple who the husband was quadriplegic at 18, and he's now since been able to walk and move fully. But, you know, performance and every aspect of his life has been challenged. And this is one of them where he wanted an option at home and they were able to conceive. Couples have the option to do this in the comfort and privacy of their own home. And you don't have to drive sometimes hours to reach a fertility specialist and you don't have to pay thousands of dollars and you're able to do it at the time that's right for you and that may be in the evening and that may be after work and that may be in the middle of the day so for many people that's been helpful to them as much as any other part of relieving obstacles there's a lot of people who are like us who are looking for this and they find us and they say thank you we found the product that we've been looking for And then there are others still out there that don't even realize this is an option, right? And so there's a lot of people that we need to reach who just haven't had the thought or a friend hasn't whispered in their ear, you know, like like they did to us, like, hey, try this method. So there's a number of people who are seeking a product like this and they're searching and they're finding us. And thankfully, we're here and we're so happy to be here for them. So, Kate, what do you think? Okay, well, I have, I have mixed feelings, I think. I think that I can see the benefit definitely for same-sex couples. I can see the benefit for uh, heterosexual couples who might be struggling with erectile dysfunction or other problems with regards to sex. And I do completely get their point of when, you, when you're trying to conceive and you're on this kind of journey and you actually get just a little bit tired of, having sex because it all becomes about making a baby and I I do completely get that I think my concerns I guess is that twofold I think it somehow medicalizes the whole process you know using something and taking taking away the actual reason why you fell in love with each other at the first place and and that kind of intimacy that you have I think I think I've got a bit concerns about that that actually does it medicalize that whole process and the other concern I think is that at ejaculation sperm is the force of sperm means that it gets to where it needs to be and can you replicate that with a syringe I don't know okay I mean in terms of the emotional side of it we hear so often that people just feel it's so regulated anyway when you're trying um so it might help but Mm. when you're talking about the sperm and the speed and the keeping it there that brings us very nicely onto what we want Mm -hmm. to talk about next the other thing that you could think about which something i've had no idea about until kate mentioned it is a cervical cap so can you explain a bit more about that yeah well cervical caps have been around for a little while and again i've probably not been hugely um what's the word I'm looking for enthusiastic enthusiastic about them because again based on the same thing that you know once you have sex sperm is forced into the uterus very quickly and then I think women get worried that when they stand up 
this kind of like this globule of 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 uh, matter that is left that either goes, you have in your breakfast yeah that either goes down the toilet or is you know in your underwear or whatever or, or in the bed the thing that men will never quite know yeah, what to endure. yeah the damp patch you know we all know about <laughs> that don't we however just recently i've come across um <laughs> sorry <laughs> oh that is gross um, but yeah okay i've come across a conception cup called fertility and I'm actually quite taken with this one and mainly because it's got quite a lot of research to support its use and some of the research they've done shows that it increases your chance of pregnancy by up to 48% which is actually really significant and what I really like about it is it's lovely and soft it's made of silicon and it's it's a medical um, device so it's been had all the testing to for it to be safe again another reason why I love it and it ticks all those boxes and you just pop it in after sex and it's designed to basically push the sperm towards the cervix and keep it there for a little bit longer so I quite like this one actually I'm suitably impressed so it's a plug yeah you could say that uh, it's a bit of a crude way to describe mm. it um mm. But that's, in essence, what you, you could use rather than having to do the whole bicycle action, lying on the bed yeah. for however long or just yeah. have your legs up against the wall for however long. And Yeah, okay. and, and whether that makes any difference. Like I said, I've always been a little bit unsure, but you can't get away from the stats on this one. So I think I think it's it's worth trying. And, you know, I get asked a lot, you know, Kate, should I stay in bed? Should I put my legs up? And my always my answer is there is no evidence suggests that helps but I did it <laughs> so you know what what harm does it do for somebody to either put their legs in the air or to use a conception cup it doesn't do any harm so if that makes women feel better why not okay well again we'll put links to uh Fertility in the show notes for you to uh go and check out and you know it's all very well trying to keep what what's up there in there but you need to still be having sex at the right time of the month ultimately absolutely well sex every two to three days throughout the cycle is the recommendation yeah and one of the things that we're really keen to just help you understand a bit more is that importance of 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 charting what's going on with your cycle and just knowing when you are having sex so that if it comes to a point where you are going to see a fertility consultant because things still aren't happening then you've got all the information possible and I mentioned before, we're going to be speaking with Laura Robson, who is involved in, I think, one of your favorite apps, Kate, isn't yes. it? Um, it's an, an app called Read Your Body. Read Your Body. Why, why do you like this one so much? And we're going to hear more from Laura in a moment. There are many reasons. Partly, I think, because I know Laura and Laura and I trained in fertility awareness with the same um, organization. So I know she's got that really good knowledge base she's also been a charter of her own cycles for many many years so I know that it's the reason and the the rationale for her developing the app is on a solid foundation but importantly I like the app and we'll hear Laura talking more about it by the fact that it doesn't use an algorithm so some of the apps that are currently about use algorithms and therefore they actually unfortunately can be quite inaccurate. Um, whereas Read Your Body is giving you that information that you can use with either a book to learn about fertility awareness or you can get some professional advice. We're really pleased to be working with Bioglan on the Fertility Podcast. Bioglan's red krill oil is a pure source of omega-3, which supports heart, brain and eye health. And it also contains sustainable sourced krill oil from the Antarctic Ocean, which I've been learning a lot about. It's also quicker for our bodies to absorb, much more so than normal fish oil, so we get the health benefit faster. 
And the good news is there's no fishy aftertaste or reflux. Now, I take these little red pills daily and they really are super small and easy to swallow. And what are the benefits of omega-3 when it comes to fertility, Kate? Well, that's a really interesting question. There are some studies to show that omega-3 can improve in sperm quality, actually, which is really interesting. Uh, There are actually a few randomised control trials and those are our gold standards. So those are the really, the research studies that you really need to be looking at. And they show that there is this improvement. With regards to egg health, there are studies, but they're of lower quality. But it it does show that there are potentially some improvements in egg health. But I think when it comes to egg health, we still need to do more studies to fully understand the benefits. So in terms of what you're going to take when you are looking to optimise your fertility as much as possible, omega-3? Yeah, absolutely. I recommend it to my patients, to both male and female. Why not? So if you want to discover the Biogland difference, it's available to purchase now at Holland & Barrett, Amazon and Tesco. So I'm really looking forward to picking the brains of our next guest, Laura Hobson, who is the facilitator of the Body Literacy Collective, which is a UK non-profit that equips people with the information and tools they need to understand their menstrual cycles. Now, if you've listened to the first episode of our newly relaunched fertility podcast, it's what Kate and I we're kind of talking about as the starting point for women in terms of getting your head around really what's going on with your body when you're thinking about having a baby. And we're really, really looking forward to to talking more with you, Laura. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I know this is such a passion of, of yours, Kay. I've learned so much from you. I know that you work with women all the time, understanding their menstrual health. And, and Laura, I'd love to know about your work in fertility awareness and what led you to to, to kind of focus in on this whole charting of your cycles and, and forming this collective that you have? Yeah, sure. So I suppose my background in fertility awareness, I mean, more, more broadly, I've got a background in public health. So um, I've been working for the last decade in public health, reproductive health, particularly in the global south, supporting health system strengthening and community mobilization for, wow. for health. Okay. Yeah, so that's kind of my, my general background. Um, I've also trained as a fertility awareness educator with Fertility UK, which is the same with me. Yeah, the same background, <laughs> same training as Kate. So that's how um, we've connected. And personally, I discovered fertility awareness when I was looking for an effective non-hormonal way to avoid pregnancy. So I kind of approached it from the avoiding pregnancy angle. Yeah, in terms of developing the app, that was really born out of a desire to have an app that I could recommend to my clients without hesitation. When I was preparing to teach, I felt like there wasn't really an app out there that I could recommend without um, a caveat, whether that was about data privacy and privacy policies or particular app features that I didn't feel were, were really right for the method that we teach at Fertility UK. Some of the apps that are out there have kind of auto interpretations, which might seem very helpful, but they can often be wrong. So yeah, I felt like that was a real barrier um, to supporting my clients, not having an app that I could really recommend that would work out of the box. And then personally, as someone that was charting my own cycles, I was frustrated that I couldn't find an app that met my own needs. I was part of some different online community groups where I was hearing other women and other people echoing those same frustrations. So it felt like there was a real kind of collective unmet need for an app that would, yeah, that would allow people to chart their cycles in the way that Read Your Body, um, the app that I've helped facilitate now, now does. I completely agree with you, Laura. I mean, I, I get so frustrated by apps that just aren't accurate. And, mm. you know, Fertility Friend, to be honest, is my 
utter pet hate because it, it isn't accurate at all. Because um, also, yet, people don't know they're not. If people have just started to use them, they don't, don't know they're not accurate. No, they just assume, they don't, don't they? So then yeah. they spend all this time and effort on something that they can't rely yeah. on. Yeah, absolutely. So certainly, Read Your Body has, is definitely my app of choice for women because it is so much more accurate. Tell us a little bit, bit about the project, because obviously when I first met you, it was very new. You hadn't launched at that point. So tell us now how you've grown it, how you also work with the beta testers and what you've learned so far from your time with the app. Yeah, yeah. So it's been quite a journey, really, over the last year and a half. I think the last time we saw each other in person, Kate, yeah, was just before we launched the crowdfunder. So that was That's a right. year and a half ago. We yeah we launched the crowdfunder. It's a hundred percent user funded uh, nonprofit app. So that was the beginning point really of presenting this idea for a new app to a kind of community of people who chart their cycles already, um, and everyone chipped in ten, twenty, thirty pounds to make it happen. Um, so that that was a crowdfunder that ran for a month. We ended incredibly on almost two hundred percent of our original fundraising goal. So well yeah, amazing amazing response to that. Um, and then we had a process of several months of just developing the app, lots of technical work behind the scenes. And then we launched to a group of beta testers. So about 100 people that tested the app over a number of months. Um, so a lot of that was kind of bug crunching, but we also got really helpful feedback along the way um, of additional features people wanted or just, you know, tweaks, new things that they felt was were really going to serve them. So we spent we spent several months then just with that closed group of about 100 people, improving the app, refining it, adding new features. And then we launched. So we launched um, last summer. So it's been now public for, what, about eight months, I suppose. And yeah, we're constantly improving it. So every month we release a new update. Um, we've, launched, uh, we've launched it now in a few different languages. And we're just constantly listening to people and, and yeah, adding new features. So it's a really... It's a really exciting journey. And I think I feel like we're only getting started. I mean, there's, there's so much more we can do. Mm. So, yeah. I've talked in the past with Tony Weschler, who I'm sure you'll know her book, which is mm. ginormous yeah. on the whole fertility awareness uh, understanding. And I'll put a link to the chat with, with Tony because it, it was really interesting. But that book, I mean, I was sent a copy and it was like a Bible. It was so yeah. big. And obviously we now know, well, we know how time poor we are and we want information literally at our fingertips and and it'd be great for you to just explain a bit more about how the app does help women conceive as, as well as avoiding conception too because that's really what the fertility awareness educational piece is all about isn't it yeah definitely yeah and just to echo I mean taking charge of your fertility like many people that was my introduction to this topic and I remember ordering the book and it arriving and it was this 500 page kind of <laughs> giant textbook and I was thinking wow is it is it really this complicated and I mean it's an amazing resource but also it doesn't have to be that complicated and yeah there are a lot of educators who are out there that have really amazing kind of offerings like learning packages and teaching packages where they'll walk you through through um, the different things that you can track to understand your cycles and to then pinpoint a fertile window where either you, you know, can use that, that knowledge to try to conceive or to try to avoid pregnancy. So, yeah, in terms of the app and how that supports people, there is some basic information in the app, but we're quite clear that it's not really designed to tell people or teach people how to avoid or achieve pregnancy. Um, we very much signpost to educators for that sort of learning support and that in-depth knowledge. 
So we're actually working right now on an educator's directory so people can search for an educator that can help them achieve their goals. And yeah, with different... Which different reminds me, I methods. haven't filled that out yet, but I will. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And actually, when you talk, um, Natalie, about Tony Weschler's book, I haven't showed you Jane Knight's book, which is... Jane Knight is the... Is, is the... What's the word I'm looking for? She UK, runs Fertility, Fertility yeah. UK, and that's who um, Laura and I both trained with. And this actually is a very different book um, in the fact that it's more based for professionals, though I do have patients that actually want to buy it and absolutely love it. But that is huge. <laughs> is, it, is it bigger? We'll have, to, yeah. we'll have to share a picture. Yeah, okay. So if you've never seen these books, um, it's amazing. We'll, we'll put it in they're the both, show notes. Yeah, they're both like real treasure troves of information. They're just fascinating. Um, oh, well, James is my Bible, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, it really is. It's my go-to, yeah, definitely. Well, when I was due to speak with Tony, and I think, Kate, it was before you joined me on the podcast, I, I kept having to put the um, episode off because I couldn't get through the book. And <laughs> I was like, I just need a few more weeks. It was taking me forever to kind of, there was so much I wanted to ask her. And we did have quite a lengthy conversation. I think it was certainly over an hour. Um, wow. But um, I'm so glad that there are these modern ways that we can now get hold there of this are, information. Because I think, you know, as Laura said, Tony's Tony's book is great, but it's, it's a very complex way of charting your fertility. And as you say, Laura, it doesn't need to be that complicated, does it? And uh, I think there are, nowadays, there are a lot easier methods that you can use to, to do what we need to do. Yeah. And also that method can be explained, I think, particularly by an educator in, in sort of smaller bite-sized chunks, which people are doing now. I mean, there's all sorts of, you know, you can do an online course, you could do a one-to-one consult. There's really amazing offerings that we're trying to highlight through the app to say, here's the app. This is a charting tool if you want to track different bodily signs. And if you want to learn how to do that, go and speak to a real life professional who can, who can support you on a one-to-one basis or a small group basis. So yeah, that's kind of our ethos. And so how does Read Your Body then differ from the other cycle tracking apps? I mean, I, I obviously mentioned uh, one or two earlier. How, how does it differ? What sets you apart? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think I can definitely reel off lots of features, which I'm happy to do. I think the other thing I would, or the sort of main thing I would say is what makes it quite special is it's really been collectively designed by a, quite a diverse community of, of people who chart their cycles. So it's sort of a beautiful reflection really of all of the people who have contributed their ideas and have kind of given voice to their needs so if you know there's somebody who is trying to conceive and they want to chart you know LH tests or OPK or you know if they're using a fertility monitor they can input that into the app if someone's trying to avoid pregnancy and they're charting cervical fluid in in great depth they can do that so it's really it's really this kind of collaborative creation that's constantly evolving where everyone has a voice so I think in terms of the kind of femtech landscape it's quite unique in being really community driven you know it's non-profit it's there to serve its users rather than to kind of make money for shareholders but yeah in terms of in terms of features I think data privacy really sets it apart so total data privacy we can't see share sell do anything with user data, which is something that I care really deeply about. And it was a personal motivation for me to create the app. That's very special. And then I think the, the other main thing that really sets it apart is how customizable it is. So yeah, no matter what your charting goal, you can set it up to chart, to track the things that you want to track. You can even create kind of custom custom info lines, which are you know anything from supplements to exercise, to mood, to 
acupuncture, whatever you might be doing within your fertility journey. Um, and that's yeah. what I like, Laura, as well, because for women who are charting, we often talk about the cover line. And I know that, again, one of my frustrations with some of the apps is that the often the cover line is put incorrectly. Mm. And I know with uh, Read Your Body, you can remove that cover line if you want to, can't you? So you don't have to have that there. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing is there are no auto interpretations. So the app doesn't place the line at all. It doesn't mark your peak day. It's it's all up to the user to mark themselves. Great. So it means yeah. that with an educator, they can understand, yeah, understand their body signs and follow whatever method they they choose. So the app isn't, yeah, isn't doing anything for them because often, yeah, as we know, Kate, apps can kind of get things wrong. <laughs> it's just that their algorithms aren't good enough yet, are they, in which to often get the, the technology correct? Yeah. Whereas if you're, like you say, using Read Your Body with some knowledge already then you're able to interpret independently and it's going to make it a well a it's going to aid your learning but b it's going to be uh, more accurate yeah definitely and it can you know it can deal very well with irregular cycles or if people are postpartum if they've had a baby and they're breastfeeding and they've you know they've got sort of wonky cycles then those are circumstances where the app can handle that because it's not kind of making predictions or making any interpretations it's the user that can input their data and and understand how to to manage things in those circumstances so if people are listening and thinking okay this is exactly what i need and they can get themselves kind of set up to try and get some idea before maybe going to see someone like Kate, for example, what kind of time frame should they spend trying to get to grips to get a, an overview? Is is three months enough? Would you need? Because I'm assuming you need more than one month. You mean in terms of sort of a learning journey, a typical learning? Yeah, journey? just to kind of start looking at this and tracking it to then maybe go and seek a bit more advice. Because ultimately, we're trying to give people that insight into why, if they're struggling to get pregnant, why that's happening. Yeah. I mean, I think jumping jumping straight in with an educator, just even with like a sort of an initial consult can be great just to kind of kickstart that learning journey. And usually, you know, after two or three cycles, I would expect someone to be, you know, getting more confident with, with charting their cycles and understanding their body. So yeah, but definitely uh, working with an educator from the beginning can be really helpful. Or if somebody chooses to to read a book, then yeah maybe three, four cycles. At that point, I would hope, I would expect for somebody to have a basic understanding of where they're at. Obviously, if they then are struggling to to conceive, then it would be a case of, yeah, going and seeking some specialist support from someone like Kate, probably after about three or six cycles. Yeah. Or I would say probably six. I think Kate, doesn't Jane Knight say after six cycles, I think? Or dep- it depends a bit on your age as well. This is not my area of specialty. Yeah, and I, I think... <laughs> Six months at that point, I think, is a really good time. Although I would say women can really seek help whenever they want to, because I'm very, very much pro that actually it's much better that you're empowered at any stage of your journey whenever you feel that you need to. When we talk about how many cycles is good to have, perhaps to get an idea of fertility and the fertile window, and also from me, from my perspective, diagnostic as well because I like to look at the length of the luteal phase for example to make sure it's long enough to support an implanting pregnancy and other aspects then I tend to like to see three cycles um, minimum of three cycles really because that will give me so much more information it's it's difficult to make an interpretation based on just one cycle yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where fertility awareness charting is so helpful. You can actually see what's happening in the cycle. You can confirm that ovulation is happening. You can get a sense of the luteal phase length. Um, so it's really, really useful information to have to then take to a specialist practitioner. And are you finding with you having this kind of global beta testing community that there are the conversations from different cultures where this conversation is, is quite taboo still? more so than obviously in, in the UK, for example, that people are feeling able to, to get more information? Um, I think so, yeah. There's definitely a big kind of community around it. And within that, there are different interest groups. So there are people who are trying to conceive, people who are trying to avoid. Within people who are trying to avoid, there are lots of different methods. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of information sharing. We don't currently have a community feature embedded within the app. But that's something we're working to create so that's coming soon. And do you have a Facebook page then that accompanies the app or, or a way of a community? Yeah, we have, well, we have our social media channels. So Facebook and Instagram, those are public though. Um, and then we're working to create a kind of community, which is more of a closed space where people can connect. It's just always really fascinating to know how we can reach people who aren't able to talk about this at all. And that's why projects like yours seem, you know, so vital in this whole education piece on, on, on helping people find a somewhere that they can hopefully try and glean a bit more information that maybe just isn't spoken about, you know, in their communities. Yeah, I mean, we I think we see ourselves as kind of a tool in a wider ecosystem of support. And there are some educators working in many different contexts. I wouldn't say it's maybe something that the app is doing, but but more educators more broadly. Yeah but supported by the app. That's yeah. definitely, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, definitely. And I think people often search for apps as a kind of first port of call. So finding an app that then can can signpost them to educators is really wonderful, I think, because that's that's where those taboos, I think, are most broken down, where, where you have those kind of real-life conversations um, and you have someone that's a sort of, yeah, a real human being that's there to support you in, in learning about your body. So it's something that we're really excited about, for sure. Well, I mean, I think it's fascinating to hear about and well done. You've obviously done a huge amount in, in a year. And I think more than ever, you know, with so many people being restricted, you know, because of what, what's going on, being able to, to fill these gaps with something like this that's literally in the palm of your hand, I think is awesome. So, so we look forward to seeing how it, how it continues to support people. Ask the expert. 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 To get into the nitty gritty of this question, it's about add-ons. And question has come in about treatments like embryo glue, assisted hatching, endometrial scratch. What's your view on this and do you think it's worth it? One of the fantastic things the HFEA have done over the last couple of years is that they have made our life a little bit easier with this traffic light system because i think you know good clinicians good clinics should be trying to do as, as much as they can with a good evidence base and we, we don't all agree on on everything even looking at the same data it's worth saying that which doesn't help you know the couples that we see i realize that but there are some things that you know almost everybody can agree doesn't improve outcome assisted hatching is one that's on the red list for the hfea clearly you know no significant benefit in any studies that i've seen of late there are certain things that are amber where there's a little bit of evidence that it's not fantastic. Endometrial scratch remains one of those. So in certain scenarios in a couple, you've had a, at least a couple of treatment cycles, there's a little bit of evidence of benefit. It's not going to be the deal breaker. It's not going to change the genetics of the embryo, which is likely to be the key in any scenario. 
But again, in that scenario, it's not unreasonable to do that. Embryo glue is another one that's got an amber rating. Again, with that one, I think it's down to, it's down to a, an individual clinic. I, you know, I've always said I'd love to employ whoever the marketing person that came up with that name because it's fantastic. But you know, us as a clinic, a couple of times we've tried it in terms of using half of our cycles with Embryo glue, half of our cycles with our existing sort of lab techniques, and we've never seen a benefit. So us as an individual clinic, we don't use it because we, you know, we, we've got the internal data. In other clinics, it may work for them. So it's things like embryo glue and scratching, there's a little bit of evidence of benefit. So that'll, that'll be clinic by clinic. But there are some things that haven't been shown to be a benefit, so we shouldn't be doing them. Ask the expert. 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 Really interesting to hear the different ways that the app can work. And I love the whole idea of speaking to a fertility educator like you, because it's so important. You don't want to feel like you've got this information, then you're totally overwhelmed with where you go. And you've you've actually got something quite special to offer, haven't you? So I have. So I am really, as you know, I love looking at charts. I look at charts every single day and they fascinate me. And it can be so useful and empowering for women to understand what's happening with their cycle and what that cycle means for them. So I would love to offer one podcast listener a 20-minute cycle chat, completely complimentary. So what I suggest you do is if you would like me to have a look at your charts, then email me and use the header fertility pod. And the first person that emails me, I will get back in contact with you and you can have your free 20-minute cycle chat. Love it. How about sharing your email? Oh, yeah, that would be useful, wouldn't it? <laughs> so you can email me at kate at yourfertilityjourney.com and it'll be the first person that emails me that gets that opportunity. So go. Go, hit pause, grab your phone, do it, do it. Thank you, Kate. Excellent. And we will let you know more of this kind of stuff. And Kate's going to be in the Facebook group. So go to the Fertility Podcast um, on Facebook. Join our closed group. We did our first little chat in there together. We overcame my slight issues about technology. We had a nice little chat and we're going to be doing it more regularly. We're also going to be on Instagram, Kate and I, live every Thursday at 2. So grab a brew and join us at 2. We will be reminding you on Instagram, of course, that this is happening. But if you make a little note and then Kate can answer your cycle questions or other general questions about how she can mm. help you. And I can answer questions about how you're feeling or about maybe other podcasts that um, that would be useful for you to hear. So we look forward to seeing you there. Crowd Network, a place where you belong.